I quite a lot on the publishers because the publishers' agents will tell me fantastic buy 10 or don't buy any. You know, mm. they, they obviously want to sell you stuff that you're not going to return. So um, I rely on them being honest and saying this is a really good book. And sometimes they'll send you a sample. Most often you just go with what they've said or you can go on the Internet and look, but you don't really always have that much time. Um, and and sometimes you just hit a really a different book that is fabulous. You know, so there's a lot of new authors that that you never see again. They write one book and and that's it. You know, yeah. they've disappeared. It makes it very difficult. I mean, if that's how it works with the publishers, say, no, this is a really goodie. It makes it very difficult for people wanting to break into it. You know, an unknown name. Yeah. Um, except that the, the, the hundred-year-old man is is a new name. Um, as far as I know, the orphan train lady is a new name. Um, there, are, there are quite a lot of the book club ladies like to go with names that they know. That doesn't necessarily mean that the, the, the book that the famous person is writing will be as good as the last one. And what about the book club men? Um, book club men um, are, they, um, quite a lot of them do non-fiction. Yeah. Um, and obviously they do sort of Le Carre's, you know, there's been a new Le Carre recently, that sort of thing. But they and, and and a lot of them love thrillers. Yeah, yeah. So a good Scorpskit is good for them. And you yourself are reading what? I'm reading a book called Sisterland by Curtis Sittenfeld. I think you pronounce it like that. Yeah. Um, he has done a couple of other ones. He did um, 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 the American Wife and a couple of others that I haven't read. But American Wife was fabulous. But this one is about. Um, identical twins who have what they call the sense. They're psychic. Oh. And the one goes on to be a medium, and the other one tries to sort of drown all her, her powers and stuff and, and be a little housewife. And then one day the medium one predicts there will be a major earthquake in St. Louis. And the housewife is married to a, a scientist who sort of is in that field, and everybody's going poo-poo, and, and then other people are going, oh, my God, you know, the world's going to come to an end. But I haven't finished it, so I can't. Okay, well, don't 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 give any more away. I can't. I don't know. I don't know what happens. I don't even know if there is an earthquake. The, the hundred-year-old man. The title yes. of the author was. The author was Jonas mm-hmm. John Jonasson. J O N A S O N. Okay. Yeah, it's lovely, and it, it, that that appeals to. Young, old, male, female, and because it's just got a great sense of yeah, humour. Yeah, well, I think we all need a bit of a laugh from time to time. Yes. That's a really interesting selection. Well, thank you very much. And thank you very much. Teresa, perhaps that. next time we talk, um, you might have finished Sisterland. And you, I hope so. <laughs> you can give away the ending. <laughs> I but look forward to hearing more. Lovely. Good thank luck. Thank you so much. Next time yes. I'm in okay. PE, I'll make sure to come and visit. Okay, thank Thanks you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Teresa Fogarty, interesting there. Well, if you would like to go, if you're in Port Elizabeth and you want to go and visit, Fogarty's bookshop is there in Walmer Park. Thanks. And, uh, and I'm going to give out the, I'm, I think I'm not going to do it now, but I'm going to give out the names of all the books. No, let me do it right now, whilst it's all fresh in the mind. The books that uh, Teresa mentioned there were Orphan Train by Christina Baker Klein. Housemaid's Daughter, it's an historical novel by Barbara Much. Waiting for Wednesday, it's a new Nikki French. And The Mountain Echoed by that wonderful man who brought you uh, the kite runner, that's Khalid Hosseini. Sisterland by Curtis Sittenfeld that she is reading. And The Hundred-Year-Old Man by Jonas Jonathan, which sounds like lots of fun. So there you go. Bit of a heads up on that lot. You're listening to SAFM Literature. Stay with us. This is SAFM. Yay. 
And here on SAFM Literature, we are titled Into the Ground. We've got so many different titles flying around, which is lovely. But the next one, we've got just one title, which incorporates a whole lot of different stories. It's called Bloody Satisfied, and it's a series of short, sharp stories. It's been edited by Joanne Hitchens, but I think it's... Um, and it's got a forward by Dion Mayer, which is a really lovely forward. He's really obviously enjoyed the book enormously. But the story behind Bloody Satisfied is that it's a whole collection of different stories by all sorts of different people. And it's just been launched at the National Arts Festival there in Grahamstown, where we find Joanne Hitchens herself. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Nancy. Thank you, you so much for having me on your show. Absolute pleasure. And how have you been enjoying the festival? Are you, are you productioned into the ground? Uh, have you seen uh, everything? Absolutely. I'm, I'm all cultured out, but it's been absolutely fantastic. Bloody fantastic, if I may say so. You may use that word. It seems altogether appropriate, given the title <laughs> of the book. Give us, give us a story of your bloody book that, that has been quite some time in the, in the, in the well, making. But sure, I think there was a yeah. lot of people... Um, about uh, probably ten months ago, um, Tony Lancaster, the CEO of the National Arts Festival, and I hatched a plan to bring more literature to, to the National Arts Festival. Um, and we decided that we would take... Um, we, we would actually produce a short story collection um, and promote writing in South Africa in that way. Um, and because I'm a crime writer myself, I felt that that could be the theme for the first one. Um, and it's actually the inaugural collection of the newly launched Short Sharp Stories Awards, which is now a new National Arts Festival prize, um, and which is really very exciting because we're planning to do one of these, well, as I said, every year. So, yeah, um, it incorporates 24 stories. Um, we made a call for stories, and we were lucky enough to get over 200 submissions. The writers only had three months to write in, and we didn't have a long lead time to publicize the project, but we really just thought we need to get going with it, um, which was absolutely fantastic just to get so many submissions. And for me, the process is really as important as producing the final book in the end, because to have 200 and more writers out there producing stories, writing stories, thinking about short stories, sending them in um, is just wonderful and means a lot to us as a writing community. So I was thrilled with that. Where did you begin then? Did, when you say that you wanted to get a whole lot more uh, writing into the festival, did you go to uh, established writers or were you looking for new newbies? Um, a little bit of both. Um, yeah, I had actually started out uh, with the project as a, as a crime fiction anthology, um, and I had approached a couple of, uh, of, of writers, but basically what we really wanted to do was find new voices. So, um, in fact, there were no guarantees of publication for any of the writers. Um, we made the call, the stories were sent in, and they were judged, or first of all, read blind by a selection of readers, because, you know, having so many short stories submitted, there was just no way I realized that I could do it myself. Um, and then after that, the top 30 stories or so were sent to, to our wonderful judges for the year, John Matham, Sarah Lotz, and Fred Kamalo, and they made their recommendations as far as who the winners should be. Um, and the prize money is fantastic. It's a, um, a, a, a total of 35,000 rand. Um, this year's prize winner is Dawn Garish for a, a wonderful story called What, um, what, um, what to Do About Ricky. And then there are three um, other prize sums of 5,000 rand each, and they've gone to um, the, the, another judge's choice was for the best thriller, which is by Roger uh, Falling, by Roger Smith, and he's one of our top crime writers. 
um, the editor's choice, which was my choice, uh, for the most original story went to T.O. Uh, for The King. And the publisher's choice, um, the publisher is Mercury for this project, the, the publisher is Tim Richmond. Uh, the story is The Simple Art by Liam Kruger, and that's our best new voice for the year. Wow, this has turned into an absolute marathon production. It, it has been a little germ of an idea. And I'm quite relieved that it has now been officially launched. Yeah. The official launch was yesterday, and our prize winner, Dawn Garish, um, was presented with her 20,000 rand this morning. So, yeah, I, I feel as if I can breathe again. And we have also um, just announced the, the theme for next year, which is going to be titled Adults Only, mm. Stories of Sex and Sensual. But as I'm reminding everybody, I, I don't want, ex, excuse um, the, the, the naughty word, I don't want 50 shades of shit. Um, yes, I yes. really would like to have a collection of stories which explores sex and sensuality, especially in our culture where we have so many problems around, around mm. sex. So I'm looking for erotica as well as the more simple stories. There's a, a beautiful poem that Gus Ferguson wrote. It's called Reverse Striptease. And in this poem, he describes watching his wife get dressed to go to work in the morning. And that, for me, is such a sensual poem. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping to put together, you know, another wonderful collection. Um, and, 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 and that's our theme for next year. And we'll be placing that on the website as soon as we can. Um, so everyone can watch out for that on the shortshopstories.com website. And we'll be publicizing it in, in the press as well. Wow, that is, I can, I can see people sort of get rushing for pencil and paper or keypad, you know, or sort of mouse and keypad and just starting to write already. So there's a whole lot longer lead time this one. A whole lot longer lead time. Um, our writers will have, I think it's now five months, probably just under five months to write, which also gives us a little bit more time to publicize the project. Um, and as you can imagine, a, a project like this does take time to, to settle and get off the ground. Um, and I think, you know, ten months ago, people were, say, were saying, well, what is short shop stories? Yeah. Um, but now the word is getting out. We have a Facebook group page um, on which I hope writers and readers will comment on the stories. Um, we'll send in little bits and pieces about short story writing. We have a Twitter feed as well. Um, the, the, the books have all gone out to various reviewers. And, yeah, we're hoping for some positive feedback, of course. Um, but for us, it's just a, you know, a, a wonderful project, an ongoing project, um, a, 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 a volume as well, which can celebrate South African short story writing um, of um, established authors as well as emerging yeah, authors. And, and that's really where we'd like our focus yeah. to be, and really trying to find new voices, exciting voices. Um, the interesting thing is in this collection, um, I have, um, Liam Kruger, the winner, is 24. We also have a writer who's 74. Um, I think there's a, 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 a great cross-section of men and women. There are um, various ethnicities, and that's really what we'd like to do, just a, a cross-section, keep it as inclusive as possible, and also then create a volume which is commercial and that people would like to buy and spread the word about and it's truly South African, because, I mean, I haven't read all of them, but it's certainly those that I've read, I thought, oh, a little bit of everything here. Truly South African, and what we've also done is we have called for stories from South African citizens, but also from South African residents, because there are so many people in our country who, who come from other, other lands, who've lived here for years and years and years, years who, who know South Africa, who have stories to tell. 
um, and we felt that that's part of our whole plan, is to be as inclusive as possible. So yes, it, we are very proudly South African, um, and yeah, just loving the process. Yeah, and you've got a great platform there, as I was going to say, that, you know, to have it uh, launched and on show at the National Arts Festival is yes, a great yes. place for and it to be. The, the National Arts Festival, they, they own the prize. Um, I'm curating it for them. Um, but, you know, I, I think short stories are so closely linked to theatre as well. Yeah. Um, and to all the arts, we really need to, to celebrate our creativity on all levels. And who knows, some of these short stories might be staged as one-act plays. A couple of screenwriters or um, playwrights have actually written stories in the collection. So, you know, there is a lot of crossover. And having seen some of the plays this year, a lot of the one-man shows, I keep on thinking, ooh, that would just be a great short story. Yes. One could reproduce that play in text. So it's been very exciting for me to be here and, of course, exciting to launch Bloody Satisfied. It's altogether totally appropriate that we're talking to you today because we've just had a little bit of a refresh on SFM literature and this particular slot we're calling Story. Uh, ah, it's, it's, the pla- it's the place in which we put, um, usually have a documentary, if we haven't had a documentary, the plan is to hear about different stories and one of my thoughts was that, you know, we could be talking to playwrights because, as you say, a story is a story. How it gets um, sort of made manifest is, is anything really. But quite rightly, you know, all of those plays and productions that we see at the, at the Arts Festival are ultimately stories. It would be nice to hear people reading their stories, and I'm hoping that you're going to read us a little bit from Bloody Satisfied in just a minute. But just want to move back from um, the theme for next year, which is, what is it, sex and sensuality? What's sex name? and sensuality, that's sex right. Sex and sensuality, it sounds like a Jane Austen. Uh, well, well, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sex and sensuality. So the one for this year was just simply crime? Um, crime fiction, yes. Okay. Um, you know, crime is a real issue in South Africa. Many people are debating whether the crime fiction novel is not the new political novel. Mm. Um, in a sense, we have uh, political stability. So crime, which includes corruption, is really our, our next big issue, or our current issue, basically, um, because that's the one thing that is really bringing this country to its knees or threatens to. And it's, it's really a concern for everybody. Um, crime fiction, of course, traditionally um, is entertaining, but it, it can also challenge. So we just thought it's the perfect way to, to start off the series of books and, and, and do a crime fiction anthology. And, of course, it's my speciality. Yeah. I've, I've read crime fiction from Enid Blyton to, um, yeah, you know, just all the South African stuff that's on the market. That's quite a big jump I've made there. But um, So this collection actually includes the cozy crime story, the hard-boiled crime story, as well as some experimental crime fiction. Um, Cindy Setambe has written a, a wonderful story from the point of view of a prisoner awaiting trial. Um, there's a story by Amy Hayden Rich, um, which concerns the, the survival of a, of a rape victim. Um, and then there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of humor in this volume mm. as well. Um, uh, uh, Sifiwa Mahalas has written a story, which is an absolute scream. It's, it's real fast, um, about a, a white man who gets robbed in Soweto. Um, no, and by, just going by back a, and a black, forth. By a black man who gets robbed by a white man. Uh, uh, sorry, a black man who gets robbed yeah. by a white man. Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. There, there's so many stories and so many voices in my head that sometimes I get them confused, yeah. Understandably, understandably, yes. yes. <laughs> You talk about crime fiction, underlining fiction, but very much informed by fact. I, the, the one story that I also read was Honey Trap, Honey Trap at a Funeral by Sandile Mamela, 
which is, oh, it's a very edgy story, is it not? Very edgy, very mm. edgy. Um, just, if, you could, if you can, without giving away, you know, the end of it, the, the reason I draw attention to that one is that um, it's very much, this sort of thing happens. Yes, yes, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really a story looking at political leadership and how important political leadership is. And if political leadership is corrupt or turns the, the you know, doesn't face the issues at hand, that things can go terribly wrong. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a story of, of sex and, and AIDS and HIV. Um, and it's linked to that whole political question of, of, um, of, of HIV and, and taking responsibility for one's sexual actions. So, uh, yeah, I, I found it a, a very interesting story. Um, I, uh, I really enjoyed reading that one, and I think it is hard-hitting. Um, and it also draws attention to complicity, you know, perhaps the complicity of, of, of women. And I think, you know, we need to start those difficult conversations mm-hmm. as well, that, that women need to take responsibility, they need to say no. Um, and I am certainly not blaming women um, at all. Um, no means no. Um, when it comes to sex. Um, but, you know, and, and I think that's when I started to think about the next year's theme, um, that we have got so many issues around sexuality. Um, lesbians being, being um, murdered through corrective rape, um, issues of HIV AIDS, um, as well as just, just facing up to our, our own desires. And erotica seems to be the, the next, you know, big thing at the moment. So I just thought, sure, there is so much there and there's so much that we can do with that theme in South Africa. So, yes, that's a, a powerful story. I'm glad you picked up on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mm. uh, many, and I'm looking forward to sort of dipping in a little bit more. Um, the, what I would like is, if you wouldn't, seeing as we're talking stories, if you would just read for us a little bit, maybe simply because it's the editor's choice, which means that it's your choice, the, the, winning, uh, the winning one by Tio Malefe, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, certainly, Nancy. I've just, got it right here. Yeah. Just read, maybe read um, us the first page, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I thought I would do is just read, if there is time, um, read the first page and a half, and then just skip towards the end of the story and read a couple of paragraphs. Is oh, there time for that? We've got, we've got ten minutes, so go for it. Two minutes. No, no, ten, ten. Oh, oh ten minutes. Yeah. Ah, okay, good. I was just going to say, two minutes, I'd have to read incredibly fast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Shall I start? Go for it. The okay. King by T.O. Molefe. T.O. story is called The King. Bru, an hour had passed since the last of the King's herdsmen had retired to the barracks for the night. The gang had to work quickly to pull this off and ride hard out of Masiru, the center of the last habitable enclave south of the Serengeti. By the time the Royal Mounted Police returned to this, the smallest and least protected of the king's many kraals, Kitsu and his men had to have reached the mountains or it would all be over. Kitsu licked his dry and cracked lips. Briskly, he rubbed his hands together before cupping them around his mouth again to send the second half of the signal into the crisp, moonless night. Peru, Peru, two hoots, replicas so perfect that even the African scrub's owl itself might have been fooled. Months of planning had come to this one moment. Kitsu waited, senses heightened in the thick envelope of darkness. The hairs on his wiry arms, the only part not sheathed in layers of clothing, burlap rags really, were sensitive to changes in the wafting breeze. Above the chorus of early spring frog song he heard it. His signal returned. The others were in position. It was time to go. Swiftly and silently he snaked through the long reeds of grass, pulling himself along by digging his elbows into the grainy sand. 
at the rocky outcrop meters away from the entrance to the kraal. He blew dust from the lenses of his thermal imaging binoculars. Like him, the binocs were a one-of-a-kind relic that had inexplicably survived the war. Civilization and men of the 21st century had become one of two things, relics or ruins. He raised the binocs and held them gingerly to his eyes. Any rough treatment and they too might crumble. Through the viewfinder, he saw all three guards milling about the entrance, their red-hot cores haloed in a blue aura. Using the cover of darkness, he made a dash for the towering palisade wall that skirted the kraal. Within seconds, he was crouched atop the thatched roof of the guardhouse, pleased that the years and the hardship had not eroded his dexterity. Below, the guards were none the wiser. He could easily pounce and subdue all three, but no, the plan called for something less brusque. From his pocket, he carefully pulled out his last sedity pellets, a psychotropic drug that had turned men to putty in the past. He'd used it on his marks during his days as a small-time crook in downtown Joburg, and it had proved its worth. All part of his life before he joined the army, before he'd played a part in rendering that once burgeoning city and most of civilization in what was the southern African development community an uninhabitable wasteland. Ah, Josie, Newtown, his old stomping ground, the smell of Maguena sizzling in hot oil at the grimy food stands outside the Bree Street taxi rank. Sometimes the memories would prick, but he shook his head to just dislodge them. Careful to position himself upwind, he ground the pellets to a fine powder with a stone. In the darkness, the guards milling about didn't notice the cloud of brown powder raining down. They had no idea that the drug was filling their lungs, entering their bloodstream, and beelining for their brains. Within seconds, they became zombies, subservient to Kitso's commands. He signaled to the square-jawed twins, Tankiso and Tabiso, who'd been observing from the thicket in case something went wrong. Tankiso stayed back, watching the guards, while Kitso and Tabiso made their way inside. The pair unlocked and rolled back the large palisade side gate that opened out onto the royal pastures from the kraal. There, Bonang and Luba, a herdsman recently expelled from the king's employ, were waiting. The four moved quickly to the center of the kraal, where the cows were kept behind another palisade. Twelve cows and two bulls, that was as many as Chief Mohale, the twins' father, said he was prepared to lose his head for. He would allow them to be concealed at Tokane, high up in the inscrutable folds of the mountains. That was as many as could reasonably be driven out of Masiru and through the foothills. That was as many as was needed to sustain Takane's emaciated and desperate populace. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to just skip to the end and just read two short paragraphs. Mm-hmm. What happens now is that basically they, they capture the cattle. Kitsu's group tries to get away, but Kitsu gets caught, and he is taken to the king. I am the king, said Kabumo. He brought the crop down hard across Kitsu's face. It cut a long gash across his brow. Kitsu collapsed to the floor. Kabumo grabbed him by the throat. He snarled, where are my cows, general? Writhing in pain, Kitsu could only get out one word. How? This unleashed the thrill laughter of a maniac. How? Kabumo said between breaths. How, general? How? After everything, am I standing here, a king, and you made to kowtow before me? How do I own vast tracts of fertile land and have people to work them and boast thousands of heads of cattle when I should be dead? It is as it has always been, General. Nothing upsets the natural order of things. Emboldened by the inevitable, Kitsu rose to his haunches. 
No, he said. I mean, how, when I thought you were as fat as any man could get, have you become fatter? A collective gasp made Titsu aware that he had an audience. He heard stifled laughter too. Dizzy from the pain, he wiped blood from his eyes and the tears that had involuntarily welled there. He looked around quickly at the faces. Flicking from shadow to light as the fire raged, their faces appeared as those of the young soldiers he had led to their deaths, the faces of others he had ordered killed. He saw, too, the crazed faces of those driven mad from eating the flesh of other men, women, and children. He shook his head vigorously to shrug off the visions. And I'm going to leave it there. But, you know, reading that has just reminded me of why it is my choice. It has so much atmosphere. It has emotion. There's a love thread that runs through it. And it's about responsibility. And I, and I think that I am I'm a great one for responsibility. Um, and it shows up again, the extreme corruption and how, how corruption completely destroys not even the society in this case, but beyond that, it, it has destroyed Africa, it's destroyed parts of the world in the story. Um, and I just really enjoyed reading that. Well, and Tio Molefi himself, of that, of that story, The King, he says, crime is the number two preoccupation of South African hive mind behind create, uh, corruption. But as with corruption, we've narrowly focused on the legally codified version, whereas I think the definition of crime our society should be thinking about and can should be broader. Crimes of economic justice and crimes of morality are two that spring to mind, and so he goes on. It ends up often inadvertently being a conduit to considering larger, more complex issues. It's a, it's a fascinating book, and I particularly like the little um, bits of blurb by the writers themselves at the end, which sort of explain what, they, what they're doing. Um, one of the things you say, Joanne, in, the, in your intro is that I think that if you had had your way, you would have included, well, certainly not all 200 of the stories, but certainly way more than this. How did you... How did you you know, what was it about these stories that you thought, yep, that's it? Yeah, yeah. You know, my heart is bleeding for some of those stories. I still go back to the pile, and I think, oh, we should have included this one. We should have included that one. Um, but there were recurring themes, for instance, rape um, and corruption. Um, one has to consider the fact that it's a commercial collection, that you want a variety of stories, that you want a variety of styles. Some of the stories need to be challenging. Some have social commentary, commentary attached to them. Others are sheer entertainment. So one has to try and get that mix right. Um, and, and that's basically what we did, is um, just try and choose the strongest stories um, and an array of stories which are, are, are going to really give us a snapshot of South Africa. Um, yeah, and I, I would love to actually do a bloody, a bloody satisfied number two, so who knows, that might happen in the future. And presumably Sex and Sensuality will have its own title when that... Well, the title is going to be Adults Only. Oh, okay. Yes, that's Adults right. Only, there we go, yeah. Which, you know, someone has said to me, oh, it sounds rather porno, but I do feel that sex and sensuality are um, adult concerns, and, and, and I'm not saying that our... Um, our, our teens, our young people aren't having sex. Of course they are. But um, no matter who's having sex, um, no matter um, what questions we're asking around those issues, um, we need to do it in an adult way and in a serious way. Um, and I'm, I'm not ruling out humor in this mm -hmm. collection. Of course there can be humor. But, um, yeah, I, I just I, I feel that it is an adult issue and that, that we need to be engaging with it. Yeah, it's a sort of commentary on on what's going on here and give everybody an opportunity to really think about it through writing. 
John, you had uh, 200-odd entries for, the, for this last one, and they had just three months to write it. This time, you, you know, the sky's the limit. Anybody, they don't have to be uh, a published writer, but they do need to have some sort of credentials, or can anybody uh, enter? No, they, they need no credentials. Um, the Bloody Satisfied Collection was for um, writers 21 years and older, but we've actually decided not to... to um, to, to to know that. Uh, so anyone who's 18 years and older can 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 enter. As that is the age of majority, um, and we are really looking for people who haven't been published. Um, and of course, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for people who want to write to practice, um, because writing is difficult and people don't get it right the first time. And, and I think that's important. We need to stress that 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 people need to be committed. They they need to get their stories edited, read by friends. Um, and then, you know, send in those stories. You know, we're also hoping to do a couple of workshops. Um, the National Arts Council, in fact, has given um, the publisher Burnett Media and Mercury Books uh, money to, to do a couple of workshops. So we, we are certainly wanting to encourage new writers. It sounds like such a good idea that seems to have grown and grown in stature, you know, since it very first began. There are all sorts of uh, opportunities in and around it, but it sounds like such a good idea. I'm going to ask the obvious question, writing in English. Writing in English, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I am English, I read English. It started out in a sense as my project, um, partnering with the National Arts Festival. It is, it is their prize. Um, but I, I would love to see um, other other writers, other editors actually getting companion volumes off the ground, yeah. perhaps in Afrikaans um, or um, other indigenous languages, Kosa, whatever languages people would like to or, read. Or in. even a translation of this one. A translation, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we've had a query from a Chinese publisher who would like to take a couple of, of the stories and translate them into Chinese. So <laughs> that's not going to help us here in South Africa. Well, John, we're going to have to leave it at that. But thank sure. you. It's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you for, for reading that, that. It was just really interesting to hear that. Lovely. Great. Well, thank Good you luck so for the next for one. Having, having me, Nancy, absolutely. and all the for the show. Thank you. Take care. Yes. Joanna Hitchens, and uh, she, was the, uh, she is the editor of Bloody Satisfied Short, Sharp Stories, if you'd like to know more, check the website. It's shortchartstories.com. And if you feel yourself to be a writer, get writing now. Sex and sensuality is the next uh, next year's theme. It's three o'clock already here on SFM Literature, so stay tuned. It's time for the news. Sorry. <laughs>